Thursday, November the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Trump pardons Flynn and Britain's spending review. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump pardoned Michael Flynn, his first national security adviser. Mr Flynn twice pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about Russian contacts during Robert Mueller's investigation into interference in the 2016 general election. It is my great honour to announce that General Michael T. Flynn has been granted a full pardon, the president tweeted. New applications for unemployment benefits in America rose to 778,000 last week. It was the second weekly increase in a row, a sign that the American economy is stalling as a third surge of COVID-19 infections sweeps across the country. Claims are far below the peaks reached during the spring, but also well above pre-pandemic levels. Other American data were more upbeat. Orders for new capital goods in October were better than expected. The second reading for GDP growth rate in the third quarter was unchanged at 7.4%, an annualised rate of 33.1% after the economy shrank by 9% in the second quarter. Consumer spending growth in October also beat forecasts slightly. However, the same data release suggested that personal incomes in America also fell by 0.7% month-on-month, reversing a 0.7% gain in September. Rishi Sunak, Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer, said the country's budget deficit will reach £394 billion, $526 billion, at 19% of GDP, the highest in peacetime. Belt-tightening measures revealed in this year's spending review included a pay freeze for some public sector workers and cutting foreign aid. Expect more. The economic emergency caused by the pandemic has only just begun, Mr Sunak says. Salesforce is reportedly in advanced talks to buy Slack, a work messaging service. The software giant's cloud-based consumer relations programs have proven a hit during the pandemic. Acquiring Slack would help it compete with Microsoft, which offers Teams, a rival software package. Slack's market value breached $20 billion on the news. The European Union proposed new legislation to tighten data privacy rules. It would give Europeans greater choice over how they share their data and for what purpose. Internet giants such as Alphabet and Facebook, which use personal data to target advertisements at users, risk losing billions of dollars of revenue if the new rules become law. And Diego Maradona, by common consent the finest footballer of his generation and one of the best of all time, died aged 60. Short of stature, a dazzling dribbler and scorer of marvellous goals for Argentinos Juniors, Boca Juniors, Barcelona, Napoli and Argentina, Mr Maradona inspired his national team to victory in the World Cup in 1986. Less happily, he struggled with addictions to cocaine and alcohol. And now, here's today's agenda. Encircled, the siege of Michele. Yesterday, African Union envoys headed to Ethiopia, where the war between national government forces and those of the restive northern region of Tigray is escalating rapidly. 
Earlier this month, Abiy Ahmed, Ethiopia's prime minister, ordered military action against the region's ruling party, the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, in response to an attack on federal army camps there. Since then, fighting has killed hundreds, maybe thousands, and driven more than 40,000 into neighboring Sudan. Some 600 civilians were killed in a massacre by a militia allegedly aligned with the TPLF on November 9th. But now federal troops are encircling Mekele, the Tigrayan capital, with tanks and heavy artillery. They threaten an all-out assault after a 72-hour ultimatum for the TPLF to surrender expired yesterday. The TPLF claims the city's residents will die to defend it. Abiy, meanwhile, shows no sign of stopping and rejects any international interference. The chances of another bloodbath are frighteningly high. Not so gravy, America's coronavirus Thanksgiving. America is in the third surge of its coronavirus epidemic. Hospitals are overwhelmed with patients, schools are closing and local officials are mulling new lockdowns. But for many, Thanksgiving dinner seems worth the risk. Up to 50 million people may travel for the holiday this year, according to the American Automobile Association. At least three million have already flown home. This contradicts advice from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which pleaded with would-be feasters to stay at home and help stop the spread of the virus. Politicians are being shamed for setting a bad example. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, who wrote a book touting his management of the pandemic, was lambasted for inviting his mother and daughters over to celebrate. Few things seem bleaker than sharing turkey and pumpkin pie over Zoom, but there is one upside. Escaping from political debates with ornery relatives has never been easier than clicking leave meeting. To the wire, Brexit trade talks. Hopes are rising that a post-Brexit trade deal between Britain and the European Union will be struck within the next few days. The negotiators have agreed on most of the legal documentation. Only a few big issues remain hotly contested. Both sides want a deal done before the end of the transition period on December 31st. Yet political differences over the outstanding issues, which include fisheries, a level playing field on competition rules and the governance of the agreement, remain wide. Reaching the necessary compromises may require further high-level intervention by national political leaders, and the clock is running down. If a deal is not agreed by early December, there may not be enough time to translate and check the text and to get it ratified by national governments and the European Parliament. The risk of a disruptive Brexit with no trade deal on January 1st remains high. Scrambled, Trump's last-minute foreign policy. Besides ranting about the election, President Donald Trump has spent the past few weeks burnishing parts of his foreign policy legacy before his term ends in January. He has banned investments in firms linked to the Chinese army by American companies and announced plans to cut the country's troop levels in Afghanistan by nearly half. Today, he will impose new sanctions on remittances to Cuba, continuing his hawkish stance towards America's long-standing foe. They may not last long. President-elect Joe Biden has promised to end some of Mr. Trump's punitive sanctions on the island. But whether Mr. Biden will resume the broader thawing of relations that took place under the Obama administration is unclear. Some of Mr. Trump's other last-minute actions are more likely to stick. America's entanglement in Afghanistan and exposure to China are both unpopular with the public and, to some degree, with Mr. Biden himself. Literary giant, 
Bertelsmann by Simon & Schuster. Bertelsmann, the German parent of Penguin Random House, by some distance the largest English-language book publisher, has won the bidding for Simon & Schuster, itself one of the five biggest. After the merger, PRH will have almost one-third of English-language book sales, and the combo will control 70% of the market for literary fiction. Regulators are almost sure to take a hard look, but the last big tie-up, Bertelsmann's takeover of Penguin in 2013, did not disturb antitrust enforcers. Moreover, the top five have lost market share in recent years, while smaller publishers grew. Did Bertelsmann overpay? At $2.2 billion, the bid was more than Viacom CBS, the seller had expected. But publishing had a good year. Many turned to books during the pandemic for escape or edification, and political titles like S&S's Rage by Bob Woodward on the Trump administration fed another kind of need for nervous, locked-up readers. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William Cowper, who was born on this day in 1731. Knowledge is proud that he has learned so much. Wisdom is humble that he knows no more. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.